Mr. Pop. <laughs> that is all too frivolous. You are time wasted. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix, and Mark Fine. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Uh, can you shut up and I can do the intro? Please, Kevin, this if you is, don't mind. This is take four of the intro. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Rock and Roll, uh, another fun-filled and uh, who knows what-filled uh, episode of this podcast. Uh, my name's Kevin Hillier. Uh, with me, as always, the wonderful Mark Fine uh, from uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in Caulfield. Hello, Finey. Hello. How are we all? I mean, yeah, that's a bit confusing, isn't it, that Lenny was the previous owner and uh, in my new life I take the anonymous – Stance of fine in fine foods being the clue. But you, I mean, there's a bit of Lenny about you. Oh, it's a lot of Lenny about you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were introduced to someone as Lenny, that, that, that would sit okay. I reckon. Oh yeah, especially if you especially if you knew Lenny. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> and the other part of the uh, the gruesome threesome, of course, is the one and only Brian Mannix, who's mixing a drink, as you can tell by the uh, uh, banging of ice cubes in the background, uh, just decanting something there in the sunshine uh, a- area of the world. Hello, I Mr. Mannix. C- I am celebrating Kevin and Mark. I am celebrating. I have just bought the most magnificent penthouse. In the Gold Coast, I've got a view from hell, which I just sent you. You've seen it. Mm. And um, I'm just so excited about that. Um, I've still got COVID, but um, I'm pretty much over that. But um, the excitement of my new digs, 132 square metres with a with a balcony that curves right around. I'm looking at the ocean. The ocean is just below me. I can spit on the people and I probably will. <laughs> um, and then there's this beach bar that's like an L.A. bar and I was looking on the other side of the balcony and there's all these girls and their G-strings having a beer and a swim. I'm thinking, well, this is this is where I belong. Hang on. Uh, this time last week, you, you were looking at the prospect of a, a spending a month in a caravan park. I'm not ruling that out, Kev. I can't get, <laughs> I can't get out. Of, I can't get into this joint at the moment until mid-July. So um, there might be a bit of caravan work, but at the moment I couldn't give a shit because where I'm going is heaven. It's just magnificent, and it's got two separate doors, so I can rent out one of the rooms or rent out the big joint and. I'll probably get 2000 a week for it, you know, in the right thing. Did you say 132 square metres? Yeah. Wow. Big for a, uh, a apartment in the Gold Coast. And just the view, like, it's just stunning. And, you know, you know, you get your body corporate fees you've got to pay, but I don't care. Every time I sit down and watch the view, I'll put $2 in a jar and that'll more than take care of it because I'll be looking at that view all day every day. It's fantastic. I'm so happy, even with COVID. Well, we're very well pleased for you. Thank you, guys. I'm really, really excited. So thank you, Fanny, and uh, thank you, Kev. It's, um, so I'm in a terrific mood for tonight's show. And, um, well, you've been kicking goals with both feet because, as you revealed on the Life of Brian podcast... Um, yeah, you've had a, you've had a win with uh, one of the great. Uh, well, I, I will say the greatest composition you've ever been involved with. 
I think you're right. It's um, going to be used on um, some television and radio program in Canberra and they've offered me me and Ronnie a lot of money and um, I'm a bit dirty on that actually because Ronnie, oh. only wrote, Ronnie only wrote the bridge to the song and I'm tipping they're not even going to use the bridge. It'll be the verse and the chorus, which I wrote, but... We're partners, so you just got to do the right thing. You are but, partners, and that's a very important part of the song. And without that, the song wouldn't be what it is, and might, well, might, I, and might I, not have got their attention. Well, it might not be. I'm tipping it won't be part of the ad. I, all the bits that are in the ad, I wrote. But um, yeah, but hang Ronnie's, on, hang on. Ronnie's How, my brother, and that's fine. What if it turns out that the bridge is the only bit they use, and not the bit that you wrote? Well, I was quite willing to give him half the money, so he better be quite happy to give me half the money. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, so you've had a big week and a couple of big wins, so there you go. Good on you. What, what's your week been like, Funny? What have you been up to? Well, mainly the store, of course. There's mm-hmm. plenty of work to be done, and I'm getting into my stride, but obviously a little bit of time to watch an upset at the footy. We'll talk about that later. We will. We will. And... Hey, yeah, Fonny, can I ask, can, it, can you just give us a little window into your day? Like, do you start at sort of Sparrows? You up at yeah, uh, up at 5.30, there at 6.30. <laughs> um, it's a full day. So work when do, when do people start coming in, Fonny? Do they sort of, do they start oh. lobbing about seven? Yeah, I got rid of the papers because they're just a pain in the ass. <laughs> so all the newspaper people, because I got told they just buy the paper and nothing else, which yep. is pretty true. The last of them are still coming in, and why don't you have the papers anymore? I said, oh, the news was too bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so you get deliveries, you've got to work out your orders, and there's probably two nights a week I'm back there till about midnight stacking shelves and cleaning up, but yep. there's a couple of days, to three days a week I get a chop out, so I work half days. Yep. Three half days and the rest of bloody full days. Yeah. Yeah. When, it's your own, when it's your own business, it drives you onwards. And I'm very much into display, you know. They, you know what they say in the business, stack them high, watch them fly. <laughs> so keep the shelves full and then I can do sort of I'm quite like looking at things and, and then trying to get that display looking really schmick. So what are you delving in food-wise? What are you working on in the food part of it? All right. Well, we've got winters coming mm-hmm. at a rate. So we make all our own soups. So we've got to sort of consider what soups, and they're really starting to sell. They're good. I've got a bean soup. I've got a tomato and couscous soup going well. We make a, a cream of, not cream of, like a, a potato and leek and a pumpkin that you really make velvety smooth. Oh, nice. yeah, that'll be nice. Roasted pumpkin. Oh, I love, oh I love pumpkin Natalie soup. roasts the pumpkin. No potato in that one. It's just pumpkins and a few sweet potatoes. Yeah, beautiful. Um, well, you know what's gone really well already? So when winter comes, watch out lamb shank and barley. Yeah, yeah. My, oh. now I can imagine everyone would go mad. I'm not. I, I I don't eat lamb at all, so it's not yep. my thing. But I, my wife, my wife and my son love it. Oh, that's interesting. I've got a maid who doesn't eat. Why don't you eat lamb, Clarice? Um, <laughs> um, um, the texture and the smell. Oh, that's like the that's like the Japanese. They don't eat lamb for the same reason. They think it's terrible. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I eat steak. I, I love steak. I love pork. I love chicken. All that, but there's something about the texture of lamb and the smell of lamb that I, I just can't. Uh, I can't eat it. I can serve it. I, I cook it for, uh, for Sarah and Hayden. But uh, yeah, I can't eat it myself. 
How do you go go with it cold the next day? Because I reckon that's the best way to eat lamb, cold the next day with lots of salt. Beautiful. Yeah, I I love lamb always. I love lamb. Are you still are you enjoying the shop finding? Yeah, well, it, yeah it, it's your own business and it's, it's going well, I've got to say. So if you get a bit tired, you just count the money and you go, this is good. <laughs> no money to count anymore. That's Those days are over. Yeah, so I was going to, that, that's interesting because it doesn't matter whether it's $5 or $55 that people are spending. No one uses cash. Oh, no, and they don't, there's barely any credit cards anymore. They're all tapping their phone or their watch. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's Tapping their watch. But, what? Yeah, a lot of people have their their oh, thing on their watch. Oh, okay. There you go. Jeez. Well, I did a gig last week and I got cash for it. Um, oh. But, but I've been using cash all during the week and it's really weird. You sort of go, I've got money all over the thing, but you're just not used to using cash anymore. And um, but it's yeah, it's it's interesting to go back retro and um, use cash. You know, it's really interesting watching them when you use cash. You get put a twenty bucks over a counter at a, a bakery or something for eight dollars fifty. Thing, the pained expression on the look of the poor person behind the counter trying to work out what the change is is quite unbelievable. <laughs> oh, uh, that'd be uh, ten, eleven dollars fifty. Yeah, that's right. That's perfect. Give me that. No idea. Yeah, right. and, and I'm I'm sort of old fashioned, so I'm very quick, especially having played darts, helps your maths. And so I'm very quick. I'm good with change and money. And some people half don't trust it because you know they're used to when somebody gives you a fifty for thirty seven forty, they're used to the kid sort of or anybody putting in the actual amount you give them in the cash register, so it tells you the change. Yep. Well, I don't bother with that step. No, you just go bang, bang, $23.60 yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah, you, you give, give me an amount. All right, play a game. Give me an amount, less than $50, and then we'll pretend you've handed me a 50 Go on, Brian. I, I'm trying to be quiet, actually, because I'm out on the balcony. Oh, okay. Well, I'll do it then. Uh, $27.85. $22.15 back. Beautiful. Uh, $36.55. That's twenty three dollars forty five back, mate. <laughs> See, I grew and up. Get, I grew up working in service stations with my parents, and I, I so I know that that stuff's second nature to me. Yeah, you know? and when you're that quick, they get very, very yeah worried. Yeah. Well, hang on, hang on. Let me work it out on my phone. <laughs> well, well, let me let, let me ask you guys something. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what I want you to do. I want you to think of a number, but don't tell me what it is. Okay. Between now, what and what? Whatever you like. Okay. All right, I'll tell I'll – tell, um, Don't don't tell me. I'll tell Kevin. Well, you can't. I'll hear you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Just think of a number. Mm. doesn't matter. I've written now it down. I want, now I want you to double the number. Yep. Yep. Okay. Now I want you to add on 16. Yep. Now I want you to halve the number. Yep. I want you to take away the number you first thought of. Yep. Your answer's eight. It is two. There you go. You want me working at the shop, uh, Finey? 3366, 82, 41, minus 3381. Yep. Yeah, bullshit. <laughs> works, every, works every time. <laughs> works, yeah, because it's pretty easy. Yeah, I know, but a lot of people don't get it. You're they only just going, wow, you're doubling a number and then 
you're taking it away. You're halving you're, you're it. You're removing the number and you're halving 16. So it's always well, going to be eight, isn't it? If, you, if well, you've got a number and you take that same number away. Well, this will be the last time I tell you a magic trick. <laughs> <laughs> Are you incorporating a bit of uh, magic and a bit of, uh, you know, that uh, Doris Stokes stuff into your uh, into your new stage act uh, up there on the Gold Coast, eh? Hang on. I'm hearing somebody from the other side. Does anybody know her? <laughs> I, I've seen the letter J. Does anybody know it? Somebody, Jay, uh, Yes, I do. I do. They, they, well, there you go. See, I'm talking to them. They, they want you to know that they want you to be happy and they're really proud of you with the new shop. Well, that's my father, John. Well, there you go. He's really proud of you and he thinks you're doing really well and he's – so there you go. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I got a J. It's uh, it's J. Um, it's, I've got shivers down my spine now. <laughs> what's what's you don't know, but you can speak. You you can speak to the other side. I I can. Um, I speak to it more often than I do to this side. That's, you, um, well, well, while you're speaking to the other side, mm-hmm. tell um, Clayton Oliver he played really well because <laughs> that was the other side on uh, Friday night. Yeah, he did uh, play very well, didn't he? Very very <laughs> well. But anyway, yeah. They're doing oh. the they're doing doing the Lillian Thompson uh, chant about those two now Oliver and Petraka. If one doesn't get you, the other one will. Well, we we shut Petraka down a little bit. You know, I thought McGrath did a reasonable he job did. on him, um, but you know, didn't have somebody to take care of Clayton Oliver. So uh, anyway, I thought the bombs hey, put up a, a reasonable effort. Here's a question for both of you: Who's better, mm-hmm. Oliver or Petraka? Well, on last week's Petraka. experience, I'd say Oliver. But um, Finey, who would you pick if you had the two of them are on the on the schoolyard wall, and you got to pick one one or the other? Well, if I had the choice of picking Petrarca, I'd pick Pat Mc- Patty McCartan, wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's apparently what happened at the draft. I, I, I'm a big, I'm a massive Oliver fan ahead of Petrarca. Oh. I like him a lot. I, yeah, I don't like I, him. I mean, but I, I, he's a good player. Well, you and me, you and me know our footy kids. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oliver and Petraka, Oliver and Hardy. It's another fine mess you've got me into. Uh, now let's talk a bit of footy uh, from the. Uh, we'll get to our, our tips a little later on, but uh, your star of the weekend in the footy, Finey? Uh, star, star player, or star. It can be a team. It doesn't have to be a player. Okay, my star of the weekend. Oh, that's a good question. I would say, oh, I'm going to give it to Dawson because that kick never looked like it was going through. <laughs> no, it didn't, did it? Um, he did. Oh, and he's kicked that a complete. I mean, first of all, that Sam Mays who hit him, what an idiot! No. Game over, except for that act of stupidity. But that kick was never going through. And it went through, so he's my star of the week. Okay. Who's your star of the week, uh, Monsieur Menix? I think football was the star of the week this oh, week. Oh, here we go. No, no, no. There were some fantastic games. I saw the last two minutes of the Adelaide-Port Adelaide game, That's and they got 20 seconds left, yep. and I'm going, you're kidding, they can't get back. And they did. I thought the Geelong um, Collingwood game. Yep. Ah, oh, look! I thought, oh, they're gone, and that was great. And there was another one that was really, really Hawthorne close. Hawthorne and Carlton. Ah, oh, that was a great game. So 
I thought, you know, it was a really great week for football um, this week in that there were so many, it was like the old days, like, oh, shit, anything could happen. And, um, yeah, you know, even teams that I didn't care about, I was I was riveted watching them. So, uh, you know, well done football. It was very evenly matched this week and teams made comebacks and it was, yeah, no, it was the sort of footy you want to watch. Yep. Yeah, no, there was a fair bit of good uh, footy to watch there, I have to say. Uh, and in the end, finally, you got six this week. Uh, How'd we go, Kev? Uh, you, got, you got four, Brian. What do you mean? Who's we, white man? Um, <laughs> I thought I got six. You got four. Uh, Melbourne, lucky. Melbourne, Adelaide, Cats, and Frio, you got. I picked Adelaide, didn't I? Yeah, I just said that. Melbourne, Melbourne. Adelaide. Geelong, Melbourne, Adelaide, Geelong, Geelong, and Cats. Frio. Well, that's five, isn't it? No, it's four. Melbourne, Adelaide. Just make sure Cats, you check that Fred. when you when you sign the documents to buy that multi million dollar penthouse. Just check how many zeros there were, Brian. Get someone to check yeah, that for you. Might, might Matt, be uh, millions rather than Matt's, what I think it is. Matt's is not your strong point. Make sure you work out well, where the decimal point is. One of the frustrating. And I got seven. Well done. Oh, how about you, eh? Hmm. Don't know how I did that. L- Lucky Phil has given me such a spray about my predictions last week. He said he spent five minutes shitbagging Richmond, mm. saying how bad they're going to be, and then for some reason at the end you picked the Saints. Well, I have my piece of paper in front of me where I was writing the tips down last week, and I have St Kilda written down, and then I have it scrubbed out and Richmond. And when I listened to the show, that's exactly what you did. You said, no, St Kilda did it. He said, no, 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 go to Tigers. Yeah, no, I shouldn't have done that. No, I you shouldn't. shouldn't have. Yeah, I take in too much advice. But, but you're I'm the only, get... one, only one who got Adelaide. Uh... Well, I'm here with Lucky Phil, and I'm going to get him to help me do my tips tonight All because right. I'm, you know, I'm clearly behind. Well, tell him we're going to do the tips at the end. I'm going to do the, okay. uh, I'm going to do the chart up the front because we didn't get to it last week, so we've got to get to it this week. Right, I better get it out. But just a couple of other little uh, bits and pieces. Uh, the Women's Cricket World Cup win, Finey, uh, and and cricket we've just seen. WA win the um, win the Sheffield Shield over Victoria uh, just uh, an hour or so ago, I think. Um, the women have gone through the uh, Women's World Cup undefeated. Uh, sensational effort. Elisa Healy in that final, I didn't see the game, I must admit, but she scored 170 off 130 balls in a World Cup final. Wow. That team is very impressive. Mag- Meg Lanning made a century a couple of games earlier that was just – Imperious, I think, against South Africa. Uh, yeah, they're one of the great sporting teams in the world. You'd have to say there was a there was an article in one of the papers on the on the weekend saying Australia's uh, currently Australia's greatest sporting team by a street. Oh yeah, I mean, who could possibly rival rival it? No one, no teams. I mean, the women's soccer team seems to have peaked. Mm. And then the soccer team would be lucky to qualify for a tournament between Australia and Samoa. They shouldn't have sacked the coach. Um, uh, they were winners and then they got the new coach. I don't know what he did wrong, but they were winners. They were sixth in the world when he was coaching and now they're probably, what, 16th? I don't know. Who's that? The, Australian the, the women's soccer team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Stagic. Um, the men's cricket team, they're going pretty well, but they're not – World superstars, yeah, uh, and netball team used to be, but they're not. They're not currently yeah. even the. I don't think they're the Commonwealth Games holders gold medalists. Uh, yeah, the Australian rugby team's the national pride. Of course, great national shame. <laughs> 
The, yeah, the Australian rugby league team is a is a great rugby league team, but that's not an exceptionally strong international sport, to be honest. No, no, that's right. Well, um, I be, I reckon our national Australian Aussie rules team would be hard to beat. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They'd have no one to play. <laughs> <laughs> yes, no, they wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, AFLW Grand Final is this weekend uh, in Adelaide between Adelaide and uh, Melbourne, so that'll be interesting uh, to have a look at that. The first uh, women's game ever, I think, competition game ever on the MCG on the weekend. It's another well, um, good for them. Another step forward for them. I wasn't a big rap for the AFLW when it started, but they have got so much better. And I think we've said it before on the show, um, the women's teams in Australia, maybe because they've got really mean big brothers or something, they're just tougher than the rest of the world's teams, our girls, and they always – our girls beat the men in swimming, running, soccer, cricket, whatever they do, they're really good at. So well done, girls. Yep. I, 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 I agree. I think I think Deb, what, what's your what's your thoughts on where the AFLW sits now, finally in terms of money, um, I guess um, prestige, all those things. Uh, I'm I'm still of the opinion they're fast tracked it a little bit, um, and they're trying to fast track it a little bit ahead of where it actually sits. But what what's your thoughts on that? Well, next season we've got the final three teams coming in: Port Adelaide, Essendon, and Hawthorne. So all eighteen teams represented. Which means the standard will go down a bit, but in the long term should go up. But they've got to have a 17-game season. Everybody's got to play everybody. They need to start it earlier and finish it the week before the AFL season starts. What about if you just played them before the men's game? Would that be a good thing? Because no, I, think, I don't think so. No? They've got to have their own space? Because I would well, have thought they'd be playing to... You know, Essendon versus Collingwood on Anzac Day is the girls playing in 90,000. That'd be pretty cool. And a lot of people, you know, in the old days, you'd go and you'd watch the under-19s and the reserves and you'd watch the main team. And I don't know, I reckon, you know. It doesn't work like that anymore, Brian, because occupational health and safety now means there's like an hour and a half between the curtain raiser game and the main game. Oh, these occupational health and safety people, they make me sick, for God's sake. No, I, I agree. But if you play a curtain raiser before a, a, a main AFL game, there is, I think there's an hour and a bit buffer between the end of the game and when the other game goes into its pre-match um, ownership of the ground. So there's, there's, it's like an hour and a half, I think, is the minimum amount of time between the games. Oh, well, the poor footballers. Here's me splitting my head open because there's a doorway four foot high and bad stairs. No occupational health and safety for musicians. And, oh, we need an hour and a half so the grass can heal. For God's (laughs) sake. I'm not happy. Well, I'm happy. I just bought a freaking penthouse. Oh, you want to see it? Oh. Anyway. I mean, the other thing is, yeah, maybe Kevin, Brian and me, remember the old days of the reserves and do it fondly, but it's been too long and people just aren't used to going to the footy that early anymore. They're not going to go that early. They don't. They don't get to the game until the, the very last minute. Because yeah, there's right. nothing on beforehand. Why would you go there and so say, I'll just look at the empty ground for two hours? I don't see much point Yeah, in but that. even if there was something on, people just start, they're not conditioned now to spending six or seven hours at the footy. They what won't about, do it. 
Why don't we bring back the Pal Wonder Dogs? <laughs> do you remember the Pal Wonder Dogs used to yeah, come on at half time? And they'd, they'd all be dead now. And everybody would <laughs> boo the – they'd be jumping through the hoops and stuff at half time at the, at the footy. And every time the poodle got up, the whole crowd would boo the poodle. Ah, <laughs> oh, it was fantastic. That's uh, entertainment. Yes, it oh, is. Oh, we could have the we could have the dandy dollar dash at halftime. What was the dandy dollar dash? Remind me. Oh, that was at the VFA handicap racing around a lap, and they all wore different colour singlets. And the guy with the biggest handicap was always Norman Yem from the Sullivans. <laughs> he he oh. could run, couldn't he? He was actually a no, oh, just. Yeah, well, I think he was he a always four. Turned, he always turned in front down the home straight and got gobbled up. <laughs> yeah, but if he if he got too far behind, he'd pull out his homicide gun and shoot the people in front of him, which I thought was great entertainment. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness uh, me. And I think you could also bring back the elephant that uh, North Melbourne had at that, uh, that game years ago that went out of control and was just running around the oval like it was yeah. going to kill I somebody. Mean, I, I like to nest it now. They've ticked oh. off on, on loose elephant rides. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, this occupation, when, health when and safety not, uh, are ruining that, everything. I can tell you this, that that was an absolute disaster, narrowly averted. That <laughs> no one got hurt is a miracle. Yeah, it is when you see the footage. There was somebody on top of that elephant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there was. A young girl, wasn't it? I mean, incredibly dangerous. And that fire at the Arden Street pie stand or whatever in the outer, was that, that the same day? No, 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 no different day. Same. But that the, the one was Collingwood North Melbourne was one of them in black and white. The other one was in colour. Yeah, that was an you know luckily it was in the outer, but it, it was a windy day. That was an inferno. That could have been any sort of tragedy. Well, you know, the the kangaroo, yeah, you reckon they just get a couple of kangaroos to hop around, you know, and that'd do the trick. It's like. The West Coast Eagles, they've got that wonderful eagle. The guy gets out the front in the middle of the over for the game. The eagle flies around over the crowd with the GoPro on him and then he lands on the thing and then at halftime they show what the eagles filmed. That's that's great entertainment, I think. That's sort of like yeah. what they do. It's, is it SeaWorld where they don't know? It's one of those uh, theme parks on the Gold Coast where they do that. They do well, the West, Co- West Coast Eagles do it at their home games. Oh, it's, okay. My brother went and said it was just amazing. He said it was great. North Melbourne would be happy to have a couple of kangaroos in there, 18 at the moment. (laughs) (laughs) Now, this might be politically incorrect. Good. No. Please. About time. But when I was asked once on radio, if you could go back in time to any sporting event, what would would it be? What would you love to see in the history of sport? Mm -hmm. You know, people were ringing up. I wasn't asked, so I asked the question. People ringing up, you know, they wanted to see Bradman's great first innings in England and so-and-so winning Wimbledon and this car race. And at the, I went and waited till the end of the segment and I said, well, it's time for me to nominate mine. If I could watch any event, I'd go back to Rome, the days of the Colosseum, and I would love to see two gorillas fighting three lions. Oh, jeez. Oh, no, I'd be up for that. Oh, I bet that went down a storm. Oh, yeah. no, it didn't go down well at all. No. I said, well, well, all right, all right. How about, how about Christian slave versus starving hungry panther? 
No, also not well liked. No, funny about that. Let's just but, go back to the gorillas and the lions for a second. Oh, they had crocodiles versus buffalo and did they really? Every that was the I've I actually I'm a really really interested in the Coliseum. Mm. It is incredible the Coliseum, absolutely unbelievable. The very first day it was opened, they had events on. They started. They started with animal versus animal, then animal versus human. And it's funny because it, I've been in the Coliseum. It does look like the MCG, smaller. Yeah. Um, and then they had plays in which the, the the plays actually had recreations of actual deaths, but they weren't recreations. They were actual slaves being catapulted to their death or stampeded to death. And, and criminals, and then they had intermission. But you know what happened after intermission? Oh, God knows. They had a method of filling the Coliseum, not filling the whole thing, just filling the stadium area with water. Yeah, because there was a wooden floor. Yeah, yeah, there was a wooden floor. Yeah, there was all dust. tunnels underneath and they could have ship battles on the they Coliseum. Did. They did. Had, they recreated famous ship battles where in one ship they would manacle, so, so sort of tied and they couldn't get out of the ship were a whole lot of convicts or criminals, and that ship would get sunk and all of those people had drowned. In real life? In real mm. life, yeah. Oh, jeez. Oh, and the best part was that Helen D'Amico would then swim out in the nude <laughs> and really liven things up. <laughs> uh, I mean, you got your money's worth on a day. But that was the famous day. It was the first day when... The, the final battles were the gladiator battles. They were the big ticket items. And the two champions met off. I can't remember who their names were. And it went on and on and on. And Caesar was in attendance. Well, I think it was Augustus. And he had to give a verdict as to who win and who lost. Now, it's, it's not true that every time the loser was always punished or sentenced to death. That occasionally happened. This was such a big event that they expected one of them to be killed, but he felt the crowd liked both of them. Yeah. And for the first time ever, he gave them both the sum thumbs up. It was declared a draw. And that actually was a very popular decision because the whole reason for building the Colosseum was to gain favour with the, with, the, with the people, the populace. Yeah. It was very much for the people. But like modern stadiums, they had areas for the wealthy, you know, there were there were sort of super boxes, but <laughs> but the people were happy with the result and all went home chuffed. Oh, there you go. Yeah, good value for your three shekels or whatever it was. Well, could we have a bit of, you know, baboons fighting lions before the uh, AFL on a Would Saturday love it. Oh, yeah, that did. No problem. Would we, love it. We get the numbers up. Yeah, I reckon, I reckon Michael, Michael Chuggle presented. Get a bit of baboon <laughs> everywhere. If you're lucky, you get a, bit of, a, big, a big piece of baboon ass for lunch. <laughs> oh, baboon ass. It's not a good look, no, is it? No, it's not. No. no. Yeah, no. I, I actually don't mind. It gives, it gives him something to sit on. Yeah. <laughs> well. <What? laughs> oh, goodness me. Uh, All right. Uh, let's get to the chart uh, because we didn't do it last uh, week, so I'm going to do it this week. September 20, 1984. Careless Whisper by George Michael is the number one single. The number one album was Body Swerve by Jimmy Barnes. Number two album was Rodney Rude Live. Um, 
Number three was Eliminator. Number four, Purple Rain. Five was Born in the USA. So that the top five albums. Top five singles, Careless Whisper, Ghostbusters, Dancing in the Dark, I Can Dream About You and Burn for You. Okay, finally, uh, launch us in with uh, your number three, Good and Bad, from this chart from 1984. Okay, I'm going to start with my number three, Good. Mm-hmm. A bit of, I'm going to be quite controversial this week, but anyhow, yeah. Frankie Goes to Hollywood, Two Tribes. I loved it. Oh. I thought it was a great song. You know, yeah. I'm not saying everybody loved it, but Two Tribes Go to War. Uh, and two, I just think it's a good song. Cop- great. Cop- it's Cop- a great, great video. Yeah. As well. Produced by Trevor Horn, who is a genius. Okay. That's number 15 on this chart, I think. Uh, two Tribes. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I don't know, you know, I don't know if you're a huge fan of that particular song or not. Not overly, no. Me personally, no. I don't like it, but I understand that it's very clever. It's, <laughs> uh, I don't hate it, but Relax is the one that I don't like because it's somebody wanted me to sing that. It's about gay sex, and I said, oh, I'm not singing that. Not that there's anything wrong with gay sex, but I just don't want to be involved. Okay. Well, no, right. Okay. Uh, well, I'm glad that you've said that. Well, I just want to clear things up so because we have a lot of gay listeners and they might think I'm into it and I love them. I want to hang out with them, but I don't want to have sex with them. Well, that's a good lead into my number three, bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I had a feeling it might be. And it's annoyed me ever since the first time I heard it. It's waked me up before you go, go. Ooh. Because when I go, that means I need to have a piss or something. Now, who wants to get like, you know, why, why do I need to wake up? I'm just about to have a piss. I'm going to wake you up. <laughs> <laughs> Some people wouldn't be that courteous, you know. So that's your, just... hang on, that's your number three good? My bad one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. Terrible. And your good one was Frankie Goes to Hollywood. George okay. Michael on the one hand, Frankie Goes to Hollywood on the other. What was his name, the singer? Frankie Goes to Hollywood? Um, Can't think of his name. Bottom McGee, I think it was. Bottom McGee. All right, Um, uh, Bottom McGee, give me your uh, number three good and bad, please. Okay, my number three good, Mm -hmm. and I'm not a big rap for this, but I think it's one of his – it's a pretty good song and it's a great song to play at the grand final. Um, Jimmy Barnes, no second prize. I don't think it's – I think it's a 7.5 out of 10 song. Um, but, you know, it's a pretty good song for Barnsley and I think it would be great to hear that at the grand final or some sporting event, the NRL grand final. And, um, yeah, no, it makes mm. a lot of people happy and um, mm. I like the idea of the lyric, there ain't no second prize, let's just go for it. And I think it's a good sentiment. So mm. I'm happy with that. Mm. Now... On the uh, the poxy side of things, there's a few here, and I've got one that just leaps out to me. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm going to save that for my number one. Right. I think I'm going to go, and I'm going to look. This is going to upset people, but um, Prince, I reckon he's the most overrated. You know, he looks like a chocolate box, a little. Not that that matters. He's like a little Puerto Rican chocolate box and that's fine and the guy was a genius and he could play every instrument as a guitarist he was terrific and as a musician and producer 
he was terrific. His records were very inconsistent in that, you know, on one of them, the production would be great and the next one the production is kind of crap. And I always felt that a bit like Bob Dylan, other people do his songs better. But um, I agree with that. You know, I'm going to put them both in. Let's go crazy at number 39 and When Doves Cry. To me, they're just tripe. They don't really mean anything. They're just stupid. And so I'm going to put him as my number three, double number three worst. And so there you go. So no second prize, number three best. Both are Prince's songs, number three worst. Right. Uh, I'll read you a bit of the lyric of my number three bat. Okay. I watched the planes come in on the early morning flights, but I could not stand to see them land without you. Now I'm fumbling through my 45s on another endless night and the same old lines going back in time tell me this is nothing new. Well, I feel like Buddy Holly because it's raining in my heart. All the sad songs take me back to you now that we're apart. Now I know how Paul McCartney felt when he got up to say, I wish it was yesterday. Now, using planes and Buddy Holly in a song does not necessarily make it a joyful experience (laughs) for anybody concerned. Uh, And, uh, you know, and whacking Paul McCartney in the middle of the lyric there just is is like, uh, what a cry for help that is. Um, And it actually gets worse because (coughs) the next verse is, so I sit here playing solitaire. It's a game I know so well ever since the day you called to say it's over. Now, I made my reservations at the Heartbreak Hotel. While I'm living without you, I'm thinking about you like only the lonely do. Here's a guy trading off on the goodwill of others, Mm. other great artists. It's a song um, called... I feel like Buddy Holly by Alvin Stardust. Well, Alvin, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, if you've got a broken heart, the last thing you want to do is listen to a broken heart song. You listen to up vibe songs. So this, it's, it, it, it misses on all levels. And, Absolutely. you know, you're bringing Paul McCartney and Elvis just to try and associate yourself with them yep. is, is a... Uh, well, it's 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 trading on somebody else's goodwill. So I'm sorry, Alvin, but um, this is why you washed up. It has chart clogger written all over it. <laughs> That's my number three. My number have three lost, good. Uh, no funnies okay. there. No funnies there. Okay. My number good. three good, and I have so many to choose from for this. Uh, I won't include. It's just not cricket by the Twelfth Man because that's not a song, really. Shouldn't be. Mm. Shouldn't really be. Mm. In a, Shouldn't really be in a top four chart. Got him. Yeah, it's not, it's not really a a song as such. Um, no, we we might have a disagreement about that, but go on. Oh, is that right? I really like it. But yeah, anyway, go on. Oh no, I love it, but I do. It's not a song as such. I do, so don't don't you know. Bit like Australiana. Okay. It's it's a comedy piece. It should be in a in a comedy category. But number three, good. Um, you know how there's often there's just a silly disco song in mm. this case. You heard, and it was from a film. It wasn't a great film by any stretch of the imagination, but this is one of those songs that when I hear it, it makes me feel good. It's not a not a great song by any stretch of the imagination. It's it's not groundbreaking. It's not got great lyrics. It's just it just it bounces out the radio, and every time I hear it, and I don't hear it very often, um, I feel good when I hear "I Can Dream About You" by Dan Hartman from the Streets of Fire soundtrack. 
Oh, yeah, good pop song. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's just a good little innocent little innocuous pop song that just goes, you know, I can dream about you. Uh, I like it. It was in Streets of Fire with, I think, Michael Parra and Diane Lane, which was a you know fairly innocuous movie at the best of times. But um, yeah, not a. Uh, well, it's my number three anyway. It's just a special comments from the Mark Fine. Yeah, Fine. Okay. Well, I thought you were gazumping me then, Kevin. Oh no, I hope not. No, you didn't. Okay. Because you said it was from a movie, not a particularly great song, but just makes you happy when you hear it. Jumps okay. out of the radio. And I just like the theme to Ghostbusters. Yeah, that's another song. Yeah, is you that know, your number as soon two? As you hear it, you know it's the Ghostbusters theme. And I just think it's, it's a, you know it will forever be a very recognisable bouncy poppy song. Not bad for you know. I can't think of many movies with really good songs to them, except the Bond movies, probably. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. I like Ghostbusters too. Hey, Brian, was Ghostbusters the one that? Huey Lewis yeah. ripped off, or did Ghostbusters rip no, Huey Lewis off, or did they were going to use a new drug, and it's the same with bam 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 bam. Oh, that's not, you know, but you know what the riff is. Yeah. And the editors used, I want a new drug, I think, for the edit because often they grab a song so they can get the pacing of the edit right. Okay, we'll cut there because you, you often when you're editing you cut to the music, and then for some reason they didn't get it. So they said, oh, well, this is what we want. And they, I think you said that they said, we need these three words, and he wrote it in about 20 minutes. But he um, he got sued by Huey Lewis. That's right. And um, Huey Lewis won. But part of the problem was that there was a disclosure clause where they weren't allowed to ever talk about it. And then 20 years later, Huey Lewis bought it up so Ray Parker Jr. sued him uh-huh. for breaking the disclosure clause. So, you know, I don't know that they send each other Christmas cards. Oh, okay. There you go. Mm, I knew there was a legal, a legal stouse in there somewhere. So that's your number two good finding. What's your number two bad? Well, here's a controversy in that I had two tribes as my number three good, but I do have relax as my number two bad. Wow. Yeah, I agree. Well, there's never it's never suitable. You know, I don't mind the song, but you're singing along with it, and it's just not acceptable to say makes you want to come in the middle of a song. Relax, don't do it when you want to come. Yeah, uh, a band, a band wanted me to sing, and I said, no, I'm not singing this. This is just gay sex, and I can't. It's any sex. I don't yeah, care. I, I was going to say fine, the same thing, fine. It's any sex. doesn't matter. You know, but you're relaxing, you know, I'm. It's just too explicit for my liking. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I can only assume it got through at the time because it was they were naive and didn't know what, he, what you know, relaxing you're going to come. They thought he was coming over with some flowers and a box of... Cadbury's <laughs> yeah. favourites. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, but a box of assorted. <laughs> Here's the Turkish but, delight. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah, the hard centres. I've got any soft ones. No. I, I, I take it finally that you're not a big fan of Richard Hell and the Voidoids, their song Love Comes in Spurts. Oh, jeez. No, hey, I'm not. don't no, shoot look, the messenger. I, I, I don't mind a band singing about that if there's some punk band and it's off the charts, but you can't just – that's just a song, you know, it, it it's too – to me, it's just 
Too much. Too much, Frankie. There's no subtlety whatsoever involved in it. You know, and I like Frankie Goes. I thought Two Tribes was good. It was a good, powerful song, you know, and it talks about, you know, the world is like that. Two Tribes Go to War. Yep. You know, nothing good's going to come of that, but just too much about, too much about the old, you know, no, yes. no, no. I'm right. not a prude. I'm not a prude. No, we know that. But no, that's I fair am, enough. Yep, yeah, I'm not a prude. But no, too much, Frankie. Fair enough. Right, O'Brien. Number two, good. Number two, bad. What do we got? Um. Okay, we'll go for number two, bad, uh, Kev, mm. and uh, Finey. And um, well, I think we've spoken about this song before. It's uh, "Small Town Boy" by the Bronsky Beat, and. I can't stand the guy's voice. Jimmy Summerville. Oh, God, help us. And he's this horrible, wimpy-looking thing, and in his video he's just like, okay, he's gay, fine, no problem with that. But he oh, just, no, I think you are starting to have a problem with that. <laughs> <laughs> no, darling, I'm just getting I'm starting to embrace it. But, um, no, um you know, what guy has a video, like he's perving on the guy swimming and stuff, and then, you know, oh, I'm going to make a video. Okay, well, why don't we punch you up in your own video? Like, you know, what kind of marketing is this? You know, like, oh, here's the X-Men new video, so we'll get some bikies to beat up Brian. It doesn't make much sense to me, but I just can't stand the guy's voice and I can't stand the way he looks, you know, like I know that's – you know, it's um, superficial. But I, I always firmly believe that, you know, if you're going to get on stage, you should make some kind of effort with your appearance. And, um, you know, and I just felt that the Bronsky beat, they just, it's like, you know, fingers going down a chalkboard for me or um, it's just horrible. And anyway, he's kicked okay. on and he's done well, so good for him. All right. Number um, two, good. Number two, good. Okay. Him, be, him being Jimmy Somerville, I think. Yes. Yeah, him, Jimmy Somerville. Who's the other Somerville? It was the pedophile. Peter. No, oh, no, no, he's the footballer. <laughs> no, so, so no. didn't he play for Essendon? Wasn't he a no, ruckman yeah. or a full yeah. foot? He, he was a plumber. He was a ruckman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, who was that guy in England? Jimmy Savile, you buffhead, not Somerville you're talking no. about. Jimmy Savile, the English TV bloke. Well, I'm in the Bronsky beat. And in well, you don't know, just get on with number two oh, good, right. will okay. you? Okay, that's just a guess. Yeah. It's not fact. No, it's Let's not. clear that up. There's no point suing me. I was just guessing. Well, so, there okay. might be now. You've got a penthouse, so we might be suing you. Man, stand by. No, I'm putting it in your name, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> didn't, Duncan, didn't Duncan Wright knock out of Somerville? Who? It was a famous moment in a final in, in the 1960s. Duncan Ryder Collingwood. Yeah. Peter Somerville's dad was just playing for – he was playing for Essendon and there were 80,000, 90,000 people there. Not one person saw it. It was up the other end of the ground. Yeah. Duncan Wright was playing on Somerville, John Somerville, I think, and then Somerville was out cold. Oh, right, one of those. Yeah, gravity. Yeah, you know, like famous incident, huge, okay. huge story, and and um, Jeffrey Polder and myself had Duncan right on the show. Did he admit it? He had always said he very rarely talked about it. He never played for Collingwood again. Collingwood did the wrong thing and never stood by him. You know, because oh, mm. the public 
backlash was so huge. He, he, he never played again. He's just a real working-class bloke from around Fitzroy, Northcote or wherever. Yeah. Um, but we got him on the show because, you know, Polt's had great rapport with the old players. Yep. He always claimed there'd been a couple of articles that he got hit in the Jats crackers and it was just a reaction. Right. But he admitted that's not what happened at all. He, he told him. the true story. So he played on Somerville before. And he said, this bloke Somerville had a habit of every now and then, when, when he got too close to Somerville, because he liked, he said he liked playing in front of players and like sort of using his hand to to know where they were, not hold them or anything. And when, when he got too close and stood in front of him, he said Somerville used to rake his studs down his shins, back at the back of his legs. Oh. So before the game, he, he hadn't done it in this game yet, but he played on him before. He said, if you do not try any of that rubbish today or I'll fix you up. Just and clearly he did. Well, apparently both, both things then happened. He'd, but he said he, he, at the time he never admitted to even doing it because wow. no one saw it. But he said, oh, I hit him. Statue of limitations, he didn't have to go in front of the tribunal, which is a good thing. Well, you know what he said? You know what he said? I hit him and I said, I told you, but he, he didn't hear me. <laughs> He's already had cold, clearly. Um, now, that was Duncan Wright, finally, yes? Duncan yep. Wright, is that his name? Yep. Yep. Well, as you said, he never played again for Collingwood, but his career wasn't over. Because he got a job in the Bronski beat video clip, <laughs> punching up, up <laughs> punching up Jimmy Somerville. They said this guy's got form with punching up Somerville. Get him involved, uh, and um, he made quite good money out of that. Then they went on to have a huge pop career. There you go. And your number two, good Mr. Mannix. Now that we've done the Somerville uh, lineage. Oh yeah, okay. My number two, good, is um, going to be. Actually, look, I know it's not a song, but um, oh, put- if I'm going to talk about things that I enjoy, mm. um, what's the cricket one? I, I can't see what number it is. It's Kev. just not cricket. It is number 22. Yeah, number 22. 22. Of it's course it's 22. Not- 22. As a piece of yeah, ed- very, very, very much suitable number. Yeah, 22. As a, You know, I, I look at music as a piece of entertainment, and I know this isn't music, but... I think it's a great piece of entertainment. I think it's very clever. And so for reasons unbeknown to me, that's my number two good. All right. Fair enough. My number two bad is Eddie Grant's Romancing the Stone, which is the – we're talking about movie songs. That's, yeah. uh, that's from a movie. Um, good movie too. I quite like the movie. Um, with, yeah, it was um, good. Kathleen Turner, uh, Michael Douglas, Danny DeVito, a uh, good, uh, good fun film. Um, I didn't remember the song at all, and went back and had a listen to it, and thought this is the same bloke that did Electric Avenue, which I didn't mind. Yeah, uh, it's so daggy. It's good Electric Avenue. Yeah, I, I didn't mind Electric Avenue. Again, another discoy song that just makes you feel good without it changing the world. This yep. was just a piece of crap, quite frankly. Uh, uh, obviously, Electric Avenue was it. He didn't have anything after that, so uh, he was putting out rubbish, and that's uh, that's what this was. Romancing the Stone, my number two bad. My number two good. Got a lot to choose from here, uh, and I'm going to surprise you by going with Drive by the Cars. 
Oh, good song. Because I just like Drive By The Cars. I just think it's a really, again, good little pop song. Doesn't change the world. Doesn't do anything, uh, you know, uh, uh, that you haven't heard in a million other songs probably. But uh, the video clip's interesting. Um, Timothy Hutton directed it and uh, obviously uh, Rico Kasich's, uh, the late Rico Kasich's um, uh, partner in life, Paulina Poritzkova, the uh, the model, was in it. Um, and Ben Orr sang the, that, that song, Drive By The Cars. It's just a really good song that I um, thoroughly enjoyed. So that's my number two. The Cars are a good band and poor Rick Okasek, he had that face that looked like he was in a lift and then somebody said, hey, Rick, and he's popped his head out and then the doors are shut on his face and made it all long and skinny. Um, and he never complained about it, so good on him. Well done, Rick. I know he's not with us anymore, but he made some beautiful music. Yeah, they were a good band, the Cars. I quite like the Cars. Great. Interesting band. All right, uh, finally, let's get to your number one. Your number three, go- uh, hang on, no, that's Brian's list. Your list is down here. Two Tribes at number three, Ghostbusters at number two, so we'll get to your number one. And in the bads, Wake Me Up Before You Go Go, and Frankie Goes to Hollywood's Relax. Hasn't been a good show for alternative sex, or but you know, I've really. But I've got, you know, <laughs> like Brian, I've got nothing against it. In fact, we both got nothing against it so much. We got together three weeks ago. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, uh, thanks for going on the bottom too, Brian. That was very. That's, that's anyway. right. it's no problem. Anytime. <laughs> once I see once I see gorillas fighting lions, I'm just anybody. Anybody's yeah, good. I won the toss and said him. Well, he said me, actually. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, back to the show. So, my number three, good. I, I think you guys don't like this band from memory. This mm-hmm. is number one, good, isn't it? Yeah. Number one, good. Yeah. Number one, yeah. good. I think you guys don't like this band, so I won't go down too well. But and I don't like all the music. So I like music. I like probably two of their songs, but this is one of them. So it's Legs by ZZ Top. No, nah, I'm with you. Yeah, I'm with you too. I, I early ZZ Top. I loved. Um, yeah, so and I, I love Legs, and I love what's the other one? Their other good one. Oh, I love Tush, which was on one of their early albums, and heard it on the X. Um, yeah, they, they had they had they had a lot of hit songs. She's had a lot of hit songs. Right, so you love Tush as well. Okay. I love Tush, um, but I've never <laughs> even heard the song. <laughs> now, what's it? What's it? No, what's it? Oh, I can't remember. Sharp Dressed Man. That was one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Sharp Dressed Man's good. Yeah, not bad. Yeah, I like legs. Yep. And it's just, you know, every now and then I see it, see somebody. I won't say whether it's male or female because you can't now, Dad. It might be giraffe. That line, you know, he's got legs, he knows how to use them. Yeah, I like that line. Yep, it is a good line. And number one bad to join Wham! and Frankie Goes to Hollywood is? All right, so sometimes the song gets my worst of the week because it's a three strikes type thing. And this has got three strikes, this song. Mm -hmm. Strike number one, it was almost impossible to look up because every time I looked it up, I either got – the Mentone Chinese takeaway or Chinese takeaways <laughs> near me or a recipe for sweet and sour pork. I could not get this free. There was no way of looking up sweet and sour by the takeaways oh, without getting wow. a, a Chinese restaurant. It was very difficult. 
Number two reason I don't like it. It's not really a song, and they're not really a band. It's from a. It's from a sort of a, a TV series for kids or something. ABC Sour. series, yeah. Sour. Yeah. yeah. It, um, I don't know when it was on. Yeah, I don't know when it was on TV, but I can tell you one thing: it never darkened yeah, Tracy Man's doorstep. I'm sorry. And number three, if you actually listen to the song, it's pitiful. So, you know what they say at the old ball game, boys? It's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. And at least that song makes sense. I'm not like this piece of battered pork. Yes. Were you ever, were you, were you ever on that show, Brian? Sweet and Sour, no, I wasn't. Um, Tracy Mann, I think, was... The main girl, and she's a great actress. Yeah, she was the. Um, she, she didn't sing the song. Deborah Conway's voice is on the song. I think to me, I didn't like it, probably because I wasn't in it. But, um, but, <laughs> but no, I, I, it's sort of sometimes when people that haven't worked in the rock industry and they write about rock and roll industries, they don't really get it. And to me, this was written by a television writer that didn't really. You know, he'd done a bit of research, but he didn't really get it yep. what being in a band is really like. It was a nice, you know, it was a nice idea, but I didn't think they really pulled it off. David Rain was in it. Well, there you go. Speaking of pulling it off, okay. number two, Brian. Number one, you've got your number three and number two in the uh, in the goods. No second prize by Jimmy Barnes. It's just not cricket by the twelfth man. That's your good pile. Your bad yep. pile is that double, that Prince double, Let's Go Crazy and When Doves Cry, uh, and a Small Town Boy by the Bronsky Beat. Well, my number one good. It's a really good choice, Finey, incidentally, sweet and sour. No. My number one good is um, an Apologies to Missing You by John White. I do really like mm, that song. Me too. Um, um, I like the idea that, you know, I ain't missing you. He's saying this, but he really is missing you, and I like that. I think that's a clever way to say it. He's got a great voice too, just quite. Oh. I love his voice. I bought the album and that was the only song on the album that sounded like that. The rest of it was like heavy metal. It was like I just felt so gypped. Yeah. Uh, some of the stuff he did with the babies was really good too. But I can't go past as my number one best song and I'm going talking, you know, I sound like a bogan. I've picked some real bogan songs today, but this is a great song. Flame Trees by Cold Chisel. I just think it's a classic Yep. And I really, really like it. I think the arrangement, Mark Opitz has done a great job on it. And um, it's a beautiful song. And uh, so that's my number one good. Yep. And this was easy to find the number one bad. I'm surprised it hasn't come up already. And I think I will gazump somebody. I don't it's, bet no- on it. it's number 40 on our chart. Number 40. Hang on, let me go. Oh, yeah. Oh, Tour yeah. De- yeah, yeah. Tour yeah. de France by Kraftwerk. Mate, it sounds like Nintendo on steroids. Yeah, it it's just it's just shit ass. It's like it's incidental music. How do, how could you release this as a single? And it's not even you know. I can listen to uh, Battle Without Honor and Glory, that piece of music. But I, I like dramatic music that's used in movies and for sporting events. But this is. It's just bland. You, I wouldn't use it in a movie, you know. I suppose Tour de France, they're cruising along. But, no, I think it's just absolute shit. It and, sounds um, like the soundtrack to a squash game. It's, it's yeah. It's, it's got all that boom. You know the noises you make when you hit a squash ball up against a wall? 
It's got yeah. that in it. Now, now, my memory is funny that you're a you're a Kraftwerk fan. I will not hear a word against Kraftwerk. That's <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um, they have very lovely voice. <laughs> yeah. Now, look, I mean, they had, they had great their, their song Autobahn. Autobahn. Was, uh, yeah. And they are groundbreaking, considered really the first electronic band of all time. Yeah. Dust Model is a wonderful track, but I would admit the Tour de France not their best may be played on, it might have been played on a loop. Played on a loop, played on a loop, played on a loop, played on a loop. Sorry, yeah, it is a bit repetitive. Yeah, it is. It's maddening. It's like it's like the it's like the water tap dripping that you you have to get up and turn the bloody thing off because it just drives you mad. No doubt they were pioneers, but this is just not their best work. No, So I'm not going to condemn them for to hell for all time. Are you opening up a taquito or something? I'm having a snake, actually. I haven't eaten all day because I've had COVID, so I just What's that got to do with eating? You've had what? I've been. I've got COVID, and do you? I'm just getting over COVID. Yeah. Oh, that's a late announcement on the program. I'm clean. I'm clean. I didn't know you were. Well, the worst part is, as I told Finey, I I went out with this girl the other night. She's a nice girl. She was a hot tomato radio station. I thought, oh, she's a nice girl. She's good company. And, you know, that's all I'm looking for is some company. So I took her to see a show. And um, first thing I did was give her a disease. I gave her COVID. So she's, she's really pleased with me. Mm. 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 Life choices. Yeah, well done. Yeah. You know, in the olden days, if you caught a disease or gave a disease to somebody, at least there was a a fun process, but now, you know. <laughs> nah, nah. Now you could be, be sitting in a bloody taxi and get them. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, so. The, the, um, ni- the, the, the 2022 version of Close Contact is nowhere near as much fun as the 1980s version of Close Contact. Yeah, exactly. I know a man of condoms is going to stop this. <laughs> I'm not All touching right. that, Brian. I'm just letting that one go through to the ethos. Here we go. Look, she's a friend and I just gave her COVID, all right? Yep. No big deal. Yep, good on you. My mm. number one bad. Now, we talk, we do, there's a lot of movie songs in this, uh, in this sort of uh, our best and worst threes. And this is, a, this is originally a movie song that this charlatan grabbed and turned into a instantly forgettable, lovely, a beautiful melody. Uh, the original version has a, a, just a, a captivating vocal on it. It's just a beautiful little three minutes of time from the late 1960s, and Vicky Sue Robinson grabbed it and raped and burnt it and pillaged it. And to serve, can you stop slurping while I'm doing this, Mannix? I'm getting the lollies out. I'm yeah, sorry. I know what you're doing. We can hear it. And to serve with love right. by Vicky Sue Robinson is just a, an abomination and deserves to be. If uh, you know, if I was doing the jukebox from hell, that would be in the jukebox from hell. It's just it's such a great song when done by Lulu, and it's such a Shocking song when done by Vicky Sue Robinson. Yeah. So that's my number one bad. My number one good, and I thought I would uh, be gazumped by you, finally, with this one because um, I know it's one of your favourite bands uh, for some of the songs yeah. that they've done over the years, and I just love this song. It's one of those songs like every time – and it doesn't get played on the radio. You hear it in, in odd places. I've heard it in, I've heard it in uh, supermarkets. Um, 
And I love it. And when I went back and had to listen to it uh, to do this chart, I went, Jesus, I like Big Boss Groove by Style Council. Mm. I love it. Didn't see that one coming. Uh, yeah, and I'm not, you know, I, I, I like Paul Weller's stuff and I, I, I did. I loved uh, Town Called Malice by Jam uh, and I, I liked a, a little bit of the Jam stuff apart from that. But Style Council, I always, always liked most of the Style Council stuff. I love the Style. I love Style Council. Yeah, and I, I this this is sort of, a, you know, got everything. It's got horns. It's got great backing vocals. I think, what's the girl's name? Is it DC Lee, the girl who sings with Style Council? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. But actually, there's a very good reason I didn't include it. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Didn't see it. <laughs> Sometimes I read these charts too quickly. Yeah, it's number nine, and it's uh, just it's just a great song, and just a really really good song. So there you go. Now, oh, boys, well, it certainly would be my certainly would have been my number one. Right. Now let's get to the tips because we have to do that. Hang on, and I'm bringing in the big guns. Oh, okay. How far behind am I? Kevin? You're a lot behind. Uh, the uh, current tally is Finey on eighteen, me on fifteen, and Brian on twelve. So six for oh. finally last week, seven for me and four for Brian. So, so what am I, seven behind? At the moment, you're six off the pace. You're six behind Finey. Six finally. off the pace. All right. Well, I'll win. Like Look, uh, I'm not kidding myself here. Finey will win this. I don't have any doubt about that whatsoever. Um, no, no, it's, no. it's a matter of by how so. many, uh, and we'll, we'll see as we go along. Right. Lucky Phil. Normally I'd, say that's un- normally I'd say that's unfair pressure, but <laughs> between <laughs> Kevin's – I'm not dogged, trying- dogged allegiance to the dogs yeah. and Brian's stupidity. I can't. <laughs> There's the quote of the week. Kevin's dogged. <laughs> oh, I like that. Right, our first game Thursday night football. Let me just put it on the record. I, I'm not a big fan of Thursday night football when it's your team playing. Um, mm. Not not a big fan at all. But Port Adelaide are taking on Melbourne. Oh dear, oh dear. One's Port three out. and zip. One's three and zip. Uh, Mr. Mannix, your first cab off the rank here. Uh, lucky Phil. Melbourne. Say that, lad. Melbourne. 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 Finey. Where's this game being played? It's being played at the Adelaide Oval on Thursday night. Well, that settles it, Melbourne. Mm, thought so. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't back Port Adelaide with bad money. Uh, Friday, the Geelong Cats take on the Brisbane Lions at GMHBA Stadium. So it's down in Geelong on Friday night. I uh, I can't not pick the cats. I think they'll win that. Finey, I cannot pick the whatever that means. I'm picking Brisbane Lions. I'm I'm getting. Did I say I can't not pick? I think I meant to say I can't not pick the cats at home. The old double negatory. The cats look very good, but. I'm going for the. I'm I'm pulling in the big guns tonight. And lucky Phil is saying to me right now, what? Brisbane, the Queensland team. Brisbane, the Queensland team. Oh, yeah, there you go. The the Sunshine Coast. Yeah, the postcode, the four postcodes kicked in. Uh, Saturday, Sydney Swans take on North Melbourne. If anyone's picking North Melbourne, please speak up now because I'm writing down the Swans across the board here. Yeah, just write Swans down across the board. Yep. Carry on. Awful. Uh, Collingwood play the West Coast Eagles. This is the Saturday afternoon game at Marvel Stadium at 4.35 on Saturday afternoon. Mannix. Lucky Phil and I both agree that Collingwood are too strong. Finey. The West Coast, terrible against Fremantle. Terrible. (laughs) Collingwood. 
Collingwood all round there for everybody. Richmond take on the Western Bulldogs Saturday night at the MCG. Obviously, I'm writing down Western Bulldogs for me. What am I writing down for you, Fonny? I think Richmond might have just, oh, they're just fizzing, rung out of their steam for after many good years. I am tipping the Bulldogs. Mr. Mannix, what are your lucky Phil going for? Well, you know, I spent five minutes last week saying how shit-house Richmond are going to be and then for some reason picked the Saints. Um, no, you picked Richmond. I picked Richmond, yeah. <laughs> that was crazy. Yep. Um, so, no, I'm not going to make that mistake again. The dogs, they're just coming into form. Richmond are on the way down. It's all good. Go all right. the dogs. Saturday night, the other game is at Optus Stadium in Perth when Fremantle will take on the GWS Giants. Brian? Well, lucky Phil and I both agree that the greater Western Sydney – even though it's at home for Fremantle, it don't care. I actually think dollar ninety five and Greater Western Sydney is not a bad bet. So you're going for the Giants, finding? Yep. You convinced about I'll Frio? Go the Giants. Giants as well. Yes, it's in Perth. Yep. I'm going to go for Fremantle. Yep. Only because of that. And uh, now Sunday, the big Sunday game at Marvel Stadium at ten past one is Essendon up against the Adelaide Crows. No one saw that one coming except you, Manic. So uh, you're coming off the back of tipping Adelaide last week when no one else did to take on your mighty Bombers, who haven't really troubled to score as much yet. We've had a terrifically hard draw so far. Oh, you know, we've too. we've played Geelong, Brisbane, and Melbourne. You know. Give us Gold Coast and North Melbourne for a few weeks You'll and we'll see them. how we go then. Yeah. Um, no, no, look, Essendon, Essendon too strong for Adelaide. Mr Lucky Fine. Phil agrees. Mm, good. Okay. Uh, Mr Fine? Uh, wait, very easy. Essendon, Essendon for sure. About time. Yeah, I don't like Adelaide at all. Never have, never will. Essendon for me. Hawthorne, Place and Kilda. Whoa, on uh, Sunday afternoon at the MCG, gee whiz. Um, oh, I haven't seen much of Hawthorne, so I'm, I'm, I'm flying a bit blind here. I've seen a little bit more of St Kilda and, uh, wow. Uh, go on. You, you go first, Brian. Um, look, I saw Hawthorne play the other night. I thought they looked really great. And what I liked about the footy this week, there was a couple of games where the football was really clean, where people were kicking it long and taking marks and like old days football. And Hawthorne were one of those teams and their determination, their urgency. Um, and, you know, yeah, so I'm going to go for the Hawks. I'm going for St Kilda. Finey, you're going to you go know, for Gilmer? Yeah, just sort of the way the things God. have worked out. It's been a long, long, long time since St Kilda and Hawthorne have played a meaningful game against each other. Uh-huh. You know, we've been down for most of that time, but then there's a period we've been up and Hawthorne were down. I remember as a kid going to Auntie Selena's place for lunch with my parents and listening to St Kilda Hawthorne. This was in the early 70s. Yeah. And the commentator was saying, oh, this is another war between these two clubs. They hate each other. And I thought, wow, football's great. <laughs> so it should be a close game again, like that war, those wars they used to have. And all tips and killed Okay. And the final game of the round is the Gold Coast Suns are at home at Metricon Stadium. You can pop over and have a look, Brian. Uh, or maybe you can see Metricon from the penthouse. Uh, they are taking on Carlton. Uh, and, and your thoughts, uh, Mr Mannix, on this one? Look. I know Gold Coast are my second team now, but until Alistair Clarkson replaces Stewie Dew next year, 
I think they're going to struggle against Carlton, who are in rip snorting form. So as much as I hate Carlton and I love the Gold Coast, common sense, I was going to pick Gold Coast, but Lucky Phil was going, no, 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 no. <laughs> so forget my heart, we'll go for common sense and we'll go for uh, Carlton. All right. Uh, finally, do you concur with our learned uh, penthouse owner? I'm going to go for an upset here. Oh, are you? Oh, really? You're going to tip yeah. Carlton? Bad. They were bad against GWS, I admit, but they were good the week before against Melbourne at home. Mm-hmm. And Hasbolt did well this week. He yep. go all right against his old team. Yeah, upset time. Gold Coast. Okay. Uh, I wish you'd gone first. I would have gone for Gold Coast too <laughs> if I'd heard you say that. I uh, I wouldn't be surprised if there's an upset, but I think I have to stick with Carlton just on just on form. I just think they're just a little bit. Better than that. So there's the tips for this week. Uh, now, just in finishing up, boys, uh, wanted to mention two par- or well, three passings during the week. C.W. McCall, breaker, breaker, uh, good buddy, uh, the man who brought Convoy to the world, passed away uh, yesterday at the age of 93. Estelle Harris passed away uh, day before yesterday at the age of 93. She, of course, was George's mum in Seinfeld. Oh, yeah, she was terrific. Oh, that's sad. Yeah. And she was also she the was voice great. of Mrs. Potato Jordan. Head in Toy Story. Yeah, she was great. In yeah, she was really funny. Yeah. Um, unmistakable voice and laugh. Um, so that's sad. Yeah, very good. And the other one, uh, at the age of 92, so all the people who we're talking about this week have all made it to their 90s, which is, you know, quite spectacular. Well done. Ernie Carroll, um, uh, one, oh. of, one, of, one of the great talents of Australian television over a long, 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 long time. The man behind Aussie Osridge and obviously a lot of what happened with the Summers Carroll organisation, he passed away at the age of 92. He entertained us for so many years and, you know, quite frankly, you know, Daryl was sort of the glue that held it together, but Daryl wasn't really that funny. Ernie was funny. John Blackman was funny, but Ernie was just terrific. And, um, yeah, no, that's a really sad loss. But yeah, it is. I'm grateful that he... He got to ninety-two years of age because you know it's a pretty good it's a pretty good innings, isn't it? But uh, what a great man! Wasn't it weird when you went into Hey Hey at Saturday to sit there Obviously. and sorry, gone funny. Oh, just to to have survived so long, having had his arm up a pink ostrich's ass for fifteen <laughs> years is not bad. Did he, did he die from some arm infection or <laughs> that thing? And, and look, just just while we're talking about this, Kev, um, sit back to CW McCall. Mm. Uh, I was reading about yeah, the funeral. I, I was reading about the funeral. It was a very plain funeral, just you know, very ordinary coffin, and he was cremated. And pretty much, he was um, a couple of smokies in the plain wrapper. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh, no, it's the best I could do. It short, uh, no, you're doing well. You're doing well. I was going to say with with Ernie Cal, it was just weird to sit there and look. And you didn't look at Ernie ever. You always looked at the ostrich. It was one of those really weird, stupid things that you never even saw Ernie there when you were sitting on set. All you ever saw was the ostrich, and you talked well, the, to the bloody ostrich. Well, the first time I went and you saw him just sitting there, you sort of went. Oh wow, he's just sitting there. Yeah, he'd sort of be under the table. But no, he's just there. And, yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, he did a great job. And some of the best lines that ever came out of Hey Hey and Saturday came from Ernie Carroll. Oh, no doubt about that. No doubt. Yeah. He's a, a, a great, mean, a great, uh, I, great steward of the industry. Now, do we just before we? I mean, one thing about Ozzy. 
I saw Aussie. I, I just couldn't get over the detail in the ostrich and how pathetic those two felt legs were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah they were a little flopsy, mopsy and cottontail there at the front. They're just like. Yeah, just two bands of felt with a <laughs> fake foot on them. It was so <laughs> stupid. Yeah. Now, just before we go, Kev. Yes. Barney. Did you have a chance yep. to go to the $2 shop this week? All right. I've got a problem with the $2 shop. Uh-oh. Oh. I didn't go this week. Oh. Remember I told you last week I bought $2.99 worth? 16 pens for yeah. $2.99? Yeah. They're fucking brilliant. <laughs> Why? I'm still on the first pen. Why haven't you gone back and told him how good his pens are? And I thought you were going to bring him into your shop. So we can annoy you. The whole idea was that everything there was crap. I'm still going on the first <laughs> pen. They're as good as they're as good as sharpies. I'm telling you, there's nothing <coughs> wrong with them. Well, this you way, you'll be penned up for eighteen months. Yeah, you know, you know for one moment so, there, I thought you were going to tell us you'd been banned. I was, I was, I was in in, in horrified that at the thought of that. The double flying lotus brand of marker pen is the one to look for. Right. And how would you? Uh, how would he describe that pen, finding? Look, you have bought pen here that is good value. So why do you continue to annoy me? <laughs> I told you, all product here is very good. <laughs> uh, I, I, I've, got, I've got a plan for him, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. He's not going to come to the shop. There's no way he'll come to the shop. It's, it's not a possibility. But I'm going to find what time he knocks off and ask him to come to the pub with me. Oh, oh, dear, oh dear. I, I want to come as well. Oh, God, we'll all be there. Um. Yeah, you can come. yeah. Lucky Phil. Because he he, wanted, he suggested to me out of malice, I know what you do. You go to TB. Maybe what you forgot to pokies. <laughs> knowing that there are worse, knowing that they're worse than the TAB, yeah, he absolutely. wanted me to go to the pub. <laughs> well, uh, lucky Phil and a few of my friends have just said, look, piss off all the stuff that you do. Just get that guy on and let's just talk about him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, imagine him giving the footy tips and, uh, you know, talking about the music. It just, I'm sorry, fellas, as good as we might think we are, he's better. <laughs> Careful what you wish for, Mannix. Careful what you wish for. No, no. So welcome. That to... is all too frivolous. You are time wasted. <laughs> yes, exactly. We are podcast cloggers from way back. Um, so next week we can expect to hear Kevin on the show going, okay, well, here it is, uh, rock and roll. It's that time again. And joining me with are the three men that make it happen. Myself, I'm Kevin Hillier, Mark Fine. And, of course, the Chinese man from the $2 shop because I bet my place. I will ask him to say something. Like I'll record him. Yeah, okay. great. All right. Oh. Oh, we look forward to that. Uh, have a good week, boys. So thank you for the, uh, this edition of uh, Rock and Roll. It's been fun. It's been a good one. It's been a beauty. I'm Take, not pissed out of my mind this week. No, it's you're terrific. not. You're good. It's been, you're good. It's been unusually... Well, yeah, and I don't think we've said the F word at all this week. Maybe weird. once. Yeah, we've done well. And now we're finished. Yes, and now we're finished. Thank you, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Yeah. All right, let's all well done, boys. Take it Thanks easy, boys. See ya. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.